Pop Culture Happy Hour podcast is with you to talk through what you're watching, listening to, and reading. What you need to check out this weekend, what you can skip next, it's all fair game. For pop culture in high spirits, listen to the Pop Culture Happy Hour podcast from NPR. Why unions are making news in Wichita. I'm Tom Shine, and welcome to The Range. Support for The Range comes from McCowan Gordon Construction, Fidelity Bank, and the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Coming up, how a sculptor helps everyone experience the great works of art. My wife says it's a shame that the blind would never see the Mona Lisa. And it kind of gave me an idea to do a, a relief. But first, organized labor grabbed a lot of headlines in Wichita last month. Machinists went on strike at Spirit Arrow Systems for the first time in nearly 30 years. And nurses picketed two of the city's largest hospitals in their effort to secure a contract after organizing earlier this year. Here to talk about the recent activity is KMUW's Daniel Caudle. Hi, Tom. So data shows union organizing is at its highest level since at least 2016. What's driving that? Well, I've talked to a lot of workers in the last couple of years, and I've heard a number of different things. So number one would be the effects of the pandemic, the fact that workers kind of saw how they were somewhat expendable to the companies they were working for. Also, there's the fact that corporate profits are the highest they've been in a long time. You also have changing attitudes toward class, government, and the workplace, especially among younger people, um, especially because of the influence of the internet. I spoke with Dave Rodiger. He's a professor at KU who researches labor. And, you know, another thing that ought to be said is that from Occupy Forward, there have been kind of social movements that have also been posing these issues, and particularly Black Lives Matter kind of encouraged young people to think that there ought to be some response, that, that people ought to engage in direct action in some way. But while there's been an uptick in organizing recently, it's important to note that a vast majority of the workforce is not unionized. Only about one in 10 Americans is in a union, and it's even less when you remove the public sector. You can kind of credit a lot of that to the outsourcing of industrial jobs and then also right-to-work laws, which would require unions to represent people even when they don't pay dues. In Wichita, spirit workers went on strike for six days before approving a second contract offer. Why did they strike? Well, for starters, this is their first new contract in 13 years. So, you know, that's over a decade of inflation, rising housing costs, cost of living, etc. You know, some of the workers I spoke to feared that if they got a weak contract now, it would set them up for difficult negotiations on their next contract. So kind of having that compounding effect. Workers also told me that they felt Spirit's first contract offer just didn't do enough to keep wages and benefits competitive. Another thing that's really important to note is that the cost of health care in Spirit's first contract would have risen considerably, including reduced coverage for certain medications like metformin, which is a diabetes medication. National Nurses United has organized nearly 1,000 nurses in Wichita in the last year. Why do unions appeal to nurses specifically? It probably doesn't come as a surprise that the pandemic has a lot to do with it. And what it comes down to is they want a safer work environment that has to do with things like protection from patient violence, as well as staff to patient ratios, which basically make it to where nurses would only have to care for a certain amount of patients at once. Nurses at St. Francis and St. Joseph also recently decided to strike for one day. Ascension did not let them return to work for three additional days after that. 
And the reason for the strike is they felt that they're not really getting anywhere in contract negotiations. St. Francis nurses began their negotiations about five months ago. But, of course, negotiations only began about a month ago at St. Joe's. One interesting thing to note is that the nurses at both hospitals say that they want to negotiate a collective contract, but management is preferring to do separate contracts. Thanks, Daniel. Thanks, Tom. Most of us experience art by looking at it. Tomas Bustos is helping people who are visually impaired experience the classic masterworks with their hands. For this month's Artworks, Torn Anderson talks with Bustos about his tactile approach to art. Tomas Bustos is a 3D artist. As Bustos was leaning into retirement, he and his wife were looking through pictures from their trip to the Louvre. My wife says it's a shame that the blind would never see the Mona Lisa. And it kind of gave me an idea to do a, a relief. Bustos put his experience to work casting a bronze replica as close to detail as the original Mona Lisa. He took it to Envision and asked to have a patron experience the work. Bustos describes the observation. He's totally blind from birth. He's never seen color. He's never seen any anything. And he started touching her with two hands, kind of spread open a little bit. He's, he's feeling it. And once... Once he figured out it was a woman with long hair and her hands were crossed in front of her, uh, he says, it's a woman. And then my friend says, can I tell him who it is? I say, yes. He says, it's the Mona Lisa. When he said that, the gentleman took a step back in reverence, in respect to the Mona Lisa. And he says, I've never seen the Mona Lisa before until today. So he reaches in there to touch it again, but now his hands are very close together, touching her nose and touching her smile. And so to me, he was focusing in on the detail. And at that moment, I felt like I was onto something. Bustos then decided he wanted to replicate the famous work of Grant Wood, titled American Gothic. He explained to the estate presiding over the painting that he had an audience who had never seen the work. And they said, oh, no, this art piece has been all over the world. Everybody knows it. And I said, I'm putting together an art show. I have the Mona Lisa done. I have Story Night done. I have the Girl with the Pearl Earring done. I really would like to include American Gothic. With permission from the estate, Busto set out to replicate American Gothic. He explains the process of creating a bronze relief. But I had to go and see it myself. I studied the piece, studied the artist, and I was able to do the replica in clay. Then I made the molds myself. And I have a cast in a, in resin or plaster. Once the mold is, is good, I'm happy with it, then I'll send it to the foundry and they'll cast it in bronze. Bustos teaches for Envision to help the visually impaired make a living or just some extra money using their hands to create 3D artworks. Bustos is also planning his future of sharing more art for the visually impaired. I said I want to make this into an art history class. I am thinking I'm doing a pollock. The next piece that I'm going to do is the green to get into what they call modern art. Also, I want to do a piece of the cave paintings they found in France. And I want to do it represent different artists from different countries that have changed the world. For The Range, I'm Torin Anderson. Masterpiece, Relief for the Blind by Tomas Bustos, is on exhibit at the Envision Arts Gallery through July 28th. And one last thing. Happy birthday to Leroy Satchel Page, who was born on this date in 1906. Page was one of the first black players to break baseball's color line in the 1940s. 
and the first player to be inducted into baseball's Hall of Fame based on his career in the Negro Leagues. But Page is best known in Wichita for helping launch the National Baseball Congress World Series. He was the star of the 1935 Bismarck North Dakota team, which drew large crowds to brand new Lawrence Stadium. Even though Page was one of the biggest names in baseball, he was not allowed to stay with his teammates at the downtown Wichita Hotel, which was segregated. Despite the snub, Page remained an ambassador for the NBC until his death in 1982. As Page said of the game he loved, I ain't ever had a job. I just always played baseball. Thanks for joining us on The Range. Our producers for this week's show are Carly Cooper, Beth Goulet, Tadeo Ruiz, and Jonathan Huber. Our digital producer is Hugo Fan, and Torn Anderson composed our theme music. The executive producer of The Range is Fletcher Powell. I'm Tom Shine, and this is KMUW, NPR for Wichita.